90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. The views and opinions of this program are those of its host and guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of 90.1 FM, KKFI, Midcoast Radio Project, or its staff and volunteers. The only good Indian is a dead Indian. Welcome to Native Spirit Radio here on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. I'm Rhonda, your host here. For in the next hour, we'll be doing your news across Indian country at about 5.30, so make sure you stay tuned for that. And we'll just be getting to the music. So we got some Redbone, Come and Get Your Love. You're listening to Native Spirit Radio here on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio.
All right, that was Alex E. Smith and Cheever's Topa with Natanis Kitlandry with Southern Man, and we started off with some Redbone. And we'll go into some Jim Pepper and Fizz Pepper's Powwow. And this is the uh, Witchy Thai song. Uh, a very old song. I don't remember, remember when it came out. Um, I think probably 70s, 79. 69? Oh, okay. Yeah, someone feeding me the information. It, it came out in 1969, but very, uh, very good music. And he was very influential um, on a lot of people. So this is Jim Pepper. You're listening to Native Spirit Radio here on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio.
I learned the old way and it was fun days for me growing up. Aloha, mahini hava hivao, maha hava. You know, we're talking for the future generations. I'm Conroy Chino, introducing you to Living Voices, profiles of Native Americans and Native Hawaiians today. Growing up in the SEAL camps across the bay from Kotzebue, Alaska, Dolly Spencer in Nupiat learned from her mother how to work seal skins, split sinew, and make waterproof mukluks. To earn extra income, in 1965, she began to make dolls with the faces of famous Alaskans, dressing them with native materials. Today, Dolly Spencer's dolls, in clothing made from seal, salmon, or halibut skins, are sought after by collectors and museums. We're like nomads, one camp to another. We live the old way. And it was fun days for me growing up. And we had all these dogs, and we had all the pup- puppies I play with, and teach them how to pull, and it was fun. We live in a sod house in a fall time. Summertime, we lived in tents, wall tents. And years ago, they had skin tents, but I was raised the time they had wall tents, canvas tents. And my dad was subsistent hunter. We live off the land and travel on my dad's uncle's um, skin boat back and forth to the camps. I watched my mother do all her seal skin work. Uh, when I was 14, I said, Mom, I need parasols. I want new mukluks. And you know how teenagers say, you got to have new mukluks now and then. She looked at me for a while. She said, you don't, you know how, you do it yourself. She said that to me in a nice way, you know. You know how to do it. You do it yourself. So I felt so let down because I had to do my own Ugruk soul crimping. But I did it. I watched her enough to do it. I forgot all about that sewing stuff until 1965. A friend of mine, Billy Buck in Glen Allen, he carved a little head and asked me to dress it, so I did. My husband said, what are you doing now? I said, well, I'm going to make a doll. He said, ha, ha, ha. (laughs) That doll I dressed is here somewhere, and he put it on a little dog team and took picture of it. He carved the dogs in the sled and I dressed the doll for him. They put it in an Alaska newspaper, Alaska Sportsman, one year. There's Curator and I. They asked me to make uh, the dolls look like this area. We did research on it, how they probably dressed down here. I went to the library, looked in the books there, how they made the king salmon mukluks. I tanned the king salmon and made mukluks and I got the little little halibut about a foot long halibut it's just right to tan they tan real good they, they're they real beautiful skin when you do them they're like velvet inside when you tan them 
They always ask me if that's snake skin when I uh, when I display my king salmon skin down south. They ask if it's snake. No king salmon. The um, Victoria BC Museum wanted me to make large size mukluks out of king salmon. They want a life size pair. That take about four king salmons maybe. Dividivit's family girls, they outgrew their dolls, so they gave all their nine dolls to us. My sister buried one. It had a bad neck, so her and her girlfriend buried it. <laughs> so some archaeologists will dig it out <laughs> down ceiling point. <laughs> Look what's been here for years. <laughs> Today's interview of Dolly Spencer was conducted by Sue Kernis. Living Voices is a project of the Smithsonian Institution, National Museum of the American Indian. Executive Producers Kevin Lewis and Elizabeth Weatherford. Project Coordinator Nan Rubin. Writers Peggy Berryhill and Ginger Miles. Mixed at Mercer Street Sound. For more information, check out our website at www.si.edu slash nmai. For Living Voices, I'm Conroy Chino. She made me for someone exactly like you. 90.1 FM, supported by Kansas City Museum's summer concert series featuring Victor and Penny, Friday, May 8th, on the lawn of the Corinthian Hall, 7 to 9 p.m., 3218 Gladstone Boulevard. Antique pop duo Victor and Penny kicks off our summer concert series, lending a modern voice to Prohibition-era jazz. All information at kcmo.gov slash Kansas City Museum. All right, you're listening to Native Spirit Radio here on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Rhonda, your host here, and we're doing your news across Indian country, letting you know what's going on out there. Out of South Dakota, the Lower Rural Slough Tribe of South Dakota is invoking a treaty provision in an attempt to oust the Canadian firm that's behind the controversial Keystone XL pipeline. The 1868 Treaty of Fort Laramie includes a provision that requires the United States to protect the Sioux people from, quote, bad men, unquote, who commit wrongdoing. The tribe believes TransCanada, which already operates an existing pipeline that has spilled oil in South Dakota, must be held accountable for its actions. Quote, as descendants of the people of this land, we have witnessed the destruction of many magnitudes, acting Chairman Kevin Wright said in a press release. We are concerned for our land, water, and most importantly, not only the physical well-being of our people, but spiritual well-being as well. I am first a human being, not a politician when it comes to these matters. I believe in protecting our people and look to more ecological ways of living, unquote. The tribe was already on record in opposition to the XL pipeline, but questions arose after the council drafted a resolution under the leadership of the late chairman, Michael Jandrow, that directed him to support the project as a contingency. The statement from Wright, who assumed the chairman's position prior to Jandro's death, comes after he asked the Bureau of Indian Affairs to freeze the tribe's federal funds due to concerns about misspending. The Inspector General of the Interior Department uh, is looking into the tribe's acquisition of a Wall Street firm that later shut down. The Associated Press reported the tribe bought the firm with a $22.5 million loan that was backed by the BIA.
Wright also fired three of the tribe's outside attorneys, including one who worked closely with Jandrow for years. The decision came up during a somewhat curious meeting with Brendan Johnson, the former U.S. attorney for South Dakota. South Dakota Public Radio reported Johnson, who now works in private practice, said he was asked by tribal members for assistance during its time of transition, but Wright felt Johnson was advocating for the interests of the former attorneys. Well, some good news uh, out of South Dakota as well. It's official. Shannon County is no more. Starting this past week, Oglala Lakota County is the new name for a county located entirely within the boundaries of the Pine Ridge Reservation in South Dakota. The county was originally named for Peter Shannon, who was the Chief Justice of the Dakota Territory Supreme Court in the late 1800s. He served on a federal land commission that forced Sioux tribes to negotiate away their land. Unhappy with that constant reminder, members of the Oglala Sioux Tribe came up with a new name. Last November, they approved Oglala Lakota County with 80% of the vote. Tribal members now have their eyes on Harney Peak. The sacred Black Hills site is named after General William S. Harney, who led a massacre of Lakota people in 1854 during the Indian Wars. Quote, those men went out and killed our people. Dorothy Sunbear, who voted for the county name change and supports the Harney Peak name change, as she told the Associated Press, it's not just another name. People don't know the story behind the men, unquote. The South Dakota Board on Geographic Names is taking public comments on a proposal to change the name to Black Elk Peak in honor of Black Elk, who was a medicine man. A recommendation will be sent to the U.S. Board on Geographic Names. Well, out of Washington, the Macaw Nation of Washington offered a strong defense of its whaling rights at a public meeting this past Wednesday, so strong that an opponent ended up changing his mind. Tribal leaders and members say their ancestors gave up hundreds of thousands of acres under the 1855 Treaty of Nia Bay. In exchange, they secured the right to hunt whales in order to feed their people. Quote, our culture is our treasure. And our families have remembered their history is our treasure, Elder Dottie Chamberlain said at the hearing. The Peninsula Daily News reported, think about the treaty and what we gave up to get that little reservation, unquote. Of the, ni- um, of the 19 people who spoke at the hearing, only four opposed the hunt, the paper said. But Gary Michael Lee changed his mind after listening to Chamberlain and others explain why whaling is so important to the Macaw people. Quote, I listened to all this testimony and I am moved, Lee said in the paper. These are valuable creatures, but a deal has been made, unquote. The tribe stopped hunting in the 1920s due to international exploitation that threatened the survival of the gray whale. After the whale was removed from the endangered species list, the tribe concluded a successful hunt in May of 1999. Lawsuits from environmental groups resulted in a series of rulings from the Ninth Circuit Court of Appeals that said the hunt must comply with the Marine Mammal Protection Act. The latest environmental impact statement details how that would happen. Written comments can be submitted until June 11th. Well, students at a Northwest Indian at Northwest Indian College in Washington are excelling in the field of rocket science, attracting the attention of NASA in the process. After the students started launching rockets on their own, their professor jokingly came up with the name Northwest Indian College Space Center. 
but the program became a lot more serious after NASA called up and provided $5,000 a year for three years to help further their studies. Now the students are competing in NASA challenges against schools with much bigger budgets. Their resourcefulness has helped them beat some of their colleagues. Quote, it comes down to sometimes, oh, do you have a paperclip? I need to put a paperclip in here to make sure this is secure, student Christian Colty told KUOW. And so, honestly, it's just whatever you have that works. You need to use it, unquote. Students from Northwest and tribal colleges from across the nation will compete in the First Nations launch uh, this weekend in Wisconsin. Well, the Organization of American Historians have passed a resolution calling on the Washington NFL team to eliminate its racist mascot. Sociologist James Lowen, the author of Lies My Teacher Told Me Everything Your American History Textbook Got Wrong, petitioned the group to join the anti-mascot movement. He documented how the term has been used in a derogatory manner since the 1600s and how it was used to call for the deaths of Native people in the 1800s. Quote, social science research shows consistent negative impacts on Native children from the appropriation of Natives as mascots, Lowen wrote in his call for the group to take a stand on the issue. Group members passed a resolution on April 18th and the executive board approved it, the Washington Post reported. A bill to restrict the use of Indian mascots in public schools in Colorado was killed by Republican lawmakers this past Wednesday. The state, the Senate State Veterans and Military Affairs Committee heard from Indian students and parents who supported the measure. Quote, I've been bullied because I'm Indian. Redskin is a bad word, and it is name-calling, eight-year-old Lucille Lefthand Bull told the Denver Post. But the committee still voted three to two along party lines against House Bill 1165. The move was anticipated in the Republican-controlled Senate. Quote, HB 1165 sparked an important conversation in the legislature about the use of outdated names and offensive caricatures of American Indian people in many of Colorado schools, Lieutenant Governor Joe Garcia, the chairman of the Colorado Commission of Indian Affairs. Chairman Manuel Hart of the Ute Mountain Ute Tribe and Chairman Clement Frost of the Southern Ute Tribe said it in a joint statement. While issues like local control and financial constraints prevail, it is our hope that this discussion has encouraged communities to have an open and honest dialogue about this issue. Institutions which strive to teach respect and dignity to our next generation should recognize the displays of American Indian war paint, headdresses, and tomahawk chants may be offensive to tribal nations and Native people, intentionally or not. They often degrade the proud and ongoing legacy of American Indians in Colorado and everywhere throughout the nation, unquote. At least 10 public schools in the state continue to use Indian mascots, nicknames, and imagery. The Savages in Lamar, Colorado are the most glaring example. Just last fall, students there dressed in um, fake Indian costumes and rode around town with a fake teepee during the homecoming parade. Um, and I actually talked with somebody who was at uh, at this uh, when they were voting on this bill in Colorado. Her name is Teresa Halsey, and she uh, said they're going to they're not going to stop. They're going to continue to try and uh, push for this to get rid of uh, any of mascots in Colorado. So we'll see where this goes next. But it's just interesting to see um, different organizations now banding together to help join this anti mascot movement. 
All right, uh, we will get back to the music, and I got some uh, old school stuff. This is Exit and Color Nature Gone. You're listening to Native Spirit Radio here on 90.1 FM, KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. First off, I send 
love to Lupe for giving us hope in this Lakota Sue. All red, everything, Red Nation rising. Revising our story, they're televising. Child the planes, I see 2020. Yeah. Poverty porn, TV pimpers for money. Nah. Hell, Diane Sawyer, I am a warrior. Yeah. Give me your camera, send pal to your lawyer. Free all my people, get them out of prison. Yeah. Take them to Sunday and show them how we're living. Right. Give youth an outlet, disadvantage prodigies. Feed these Republicans all like commodities. Put them on the reds from the day they're born. They won't survive cause their cancer is airborne. Put them in our schools, put them in our shoes. Take away their money and give them our booze. Red, make everything red. Words of my ancestors up in my head. Food for thought, our kids underfed. Your oil is mud, they want the earth dead. Oil for blood, oil for blood. Making you rich, you soil my love. Oil for blood, oil for blood. My mother is clean, that oil is mud. Keystone, everything's red. Hotline, now everything's dead. Keystone, everything's red. Hotline, now everything's dead. Everything's red. Everything's red. 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 Dead. Red. Dead. Red. I can't afford to leave the res. Government has got me trapped. The leadership need a tip. And most of my tribal leaders whack. They don't want to hear that. They just want to chill. I'm sick. I'll go to IHS and get a pill. For real? Like a song without a title. Yeah. Feel forgotten. Like slaves picking the kind. Forever travel. With no connection to the Bible. Fine. People rhyme. Sometimes I'm suicidal. Feeling like no exit. Generation 8. Text messages. That's what I connect with. Technology. Get this world to acknowledge me. My ancestors study numbers and astrology. Like hold the philosophy. Keep them haters off of me. Keystone XL. You smell like an atrocity. To my home and my ancestors. I'm loyal. Build that pipeline and I'm burning down your oil. Oil for blood. Oil for Blood, making you rich, you soil my love. Oil for blood, oil for blood. My mother is clean, that oil is mud. Keystone, everything's red. Hotline, now everything's dead. Keystone, everything's red. Hotline, now everything's dead. Everything's red, everything's red. Red, 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 dead. Red, dead. Red.
Zuni Buffalo dance for you guys. For that was Frank Juan with Oil for Blood. And then we had Exit with Color Nature Gone. And it's about my time to be getting out of here. Sunset Reggae is coming up next for you guys. So make sure you stay tuned for that show. And I will see you again next weekend. I want to say congratulations to our uh, Haskell graduates. They're going to be graduating Friday. So make sure you come check out the commencement powwow going on at the powwow grounds at uh, high school in Lawrence, Kansas. So uh, off of K-10, off of 23rd, sure you can see all the signs, all the people going. So make sure you go check it out. It starts Friday night, Friday, Saturday. Uh, Saturday usually has a, a 1 o'clock grand entry and then an evening session as well. So but congratulations to all our graduates uh, for graduating. I'll leave you off with some Northern Cree. And the real hey-ya. We'll see you again next weekend.